This podcast is sponsored by the Copywriter Underground. It's our new membership designed for you to help you attract more clients and hit 10K a month consistently. For more information or to sign up, go to thecopywriterunderground.com. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Kira and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 145 as we chat with copywriter and relationship coach Jay Pietkinen about marketing his business, what copywriting and relationship coaching have in common, owning your voice and viewpoints, and the business lessons he learned while driving a taxi. Welcome, Jay. Hey, hey. glad to have you here. Hi, guys. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here, Jay. I know we were just mentioning before we started recording that we had connected a couple of years ago, um, maybe three or four years ago. I'm not even sure how long ago now. And so it's great to just catch up with you now and hear about how your business has changed. So why don't we start with just how you got started as a copywriter and where you are today? Oh, sure. So the thing is, I've always been interested in how people's minds work and how I can influence that. It's a uh, been like a curiosity of mine ever since uh, uh, as long as I can remember. Um, I used to be a poker player for a while and then that got got a bit too stressful to do as a living thing. But that always, the the reason I was interested in that was because I love to see what's going on in people's minds or at least I thought I I could do that. And that was uh, was so fascinating to me. And ever since then, it's been... um, expressing myself in a way to get other people interested in stuff and just hearing how people think and 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 ways to get to influence that that's always been such a huge huge fascination of mine and um i I wonder when the first time i really got into copywriting though was it must have been like five or six years ago when i started one of my first blogs and uh really got into writing so yeah just where where when you got started with copywriting and then how how that's changed too like where are you a copywriter today or has that morphed into something else over the last few years out of my blogs it, it first at first it was i wanted to monetize my blog so i wanted to i wanted to be a blogger right this was the whole whole huge thing like four years ago everyone wants to be a blogger and i'm like hey i can make money with this so yeah i'm going to be a blogger whatever that means so I, I went to i went to john morrow and did his class and and started building my blog but I realized that more more than the blog writing, I was interested in the marketing stuff. So then through that, I got a job at this software company, Thrive Themes, which some of you may have heard of. That I, I think that was actually the place when I really, really dived into copywriting as it is, as a as a sales tool, as a sales mechanism. And um, so we worked together for, uh, I think, a couple of years. But then I realized I, I really got to do my own thing. So I started, you know, we went our separate ways and I started building my own business and um i figured since i like writing and i like the marketing stuff so copywriting must be my thing and um and the interesting thing was um so i I, you know as a as a new business owner i started looking for gigs and i started hanging out with other copywriters i realized that 
most of my time was spent um, coaching other writers to to do better with their work. You know, uh, uh, coaching on confidence, coaching on uh, marketing strategy, coaching on on everything which is not me doing copywriting. And that's that's when I started to think that, hang on, maybe I'm not a copywriter as such. Maybe I should just be a marketing strategist and, you know, let the let the writers do the copywriting, right? That's kind of where I am today. I'm more, more doing the marketing strategy for copywriters and, of course, doing my own copywriting at the, on the side, but I'm more focused on the strategy, consulting, and coaching. That's cool. So tell us a little bit more about that, what you're doing today, the marketing and the coaching side of it, and how you're using copy to uh, magnify what you're doing there. Right, right. So, so um, as I've been working with freelancers who want to grow their own business and, and copywriters and, and writers, you know, the creative sort of people, the people with creative minds and the sensitive people, uh, I realized that there's kind of a huge demand for, for, um, for a product, for, for confidence and for that sort of not caring so much about other people's opinions mindset. So I started building a product on that and then I realized that, hang on, so I'm expressing my own own skill set, my own talent, and uh, I'm, I'm basically writing the sales stuff for my own own stuff, I mean, the, the sales content, the landing pages, the, the sales pages for my own product. And there I realized that, okay, actually, I have, I have the copywriting skills to express my own, you know, uh, my own uh, own product benefits and, and stuff like that. So that's... Uh, that's what I'm thinking about now is is this um, huge sales page that I just wrote for myself, and that was um, it. Kind of it kind of felt um, more my thing uh, because I'm basically not not writing copy as such, uh, not writing copy as a service, but I'm more I'm uh, through through writing copy through copywriting, I'm uh, serving my coaching clients. So today, most of your work is around different coaching programs. Is that right? Well, uh, it's it's kind of right, and uh, I think you mentioned the the picture I took in the um, in in the local town square. I had this had this sign that says "Free Dating Advice," and that's um, it's it's one of the things I do. Um, this was actually quite quite a random idea, but uh, the the main thing in my coaching is is confidence and communication. As you notice, I'm a great communicator and I never make any mistakes on that. But it's it's all about um that that's that's what I teach people is to be be kind of cool with being vulnerable and making mistakes. And that's um it, it leads to all these side projects like like the dating and relationship coaching which which always requires vulnerability and good communication and uh Freelancers who want to up their own business, that all also requires a, um, a connection with your own vulnerable side and knowing what you actually want from the business. Yeah, I love that concept of be, uh, being cool with uh, cool with being vulnerable. I think that's such a good way of putting it. So it sounds like right now you have maybe two different types of clients. You have um, copywriters potentially and other creatives and then you have maybe another bucket of people who are in the dating world and just trying to just trying to hook up. So is is that accurate? Uh, well, well, kind of. Uh, so I don't I don't have many many dating clients per se, but um, it's it's more like 
uh, I have a couple of clients who are, who are men, men, men who are trying to learn how to be better men, I would say, maybe not better is not probably not the word, but grow into the man they always wanted, wanted to be. That's the kind of client I, I have, but I also have the marketing strategy clients. And, and this is the really interesting thing because I, I keep, uh, I, I can look back at a couple of, you know, a couple the past decade, basically. And I've been, I've been flipping around between teaching people and marketing. It, it, it's been like two distinct buckets. And, uh, just, just, uh, in the past few days, I've been wondering, is there like a, is there a connection there? Because what I've, what I've always, I mean, the, the, both of these, both of these, um, skill sets re require, uh, teaching and explaining and helping people understand stuff. So that's, that's, I, I think there's my skill set really is, uh, hanging out with people and listening to their, what they want and what, what kind of goals they have and helping them get to that place or at least show them a direction to get there. Right. Yeah. I can see where there's an overlap and it might be interesting to talk about the overlap between the two spaces you work in. Uh, could you give us just an example of a couple action steps you would give to one of your clients Let's start with the dating space. Maybe one of the men that you've worked with um, who wants to be more vulnerable and cool and 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 become the person they want to become. Uh, what would you ask them to do typically? Uh, typically, it always starts with uh, forget about the girls or guys. I mean, forget about the you know type of person you're attracted to. Forget just forget about trying to get that. Um, and then they're like, "What?" But that's the point. Right? But it's. But it's absolutely not the point. It's it's the opposite of the point. Um, where we always begin and where we always should begin is um, sitting down, listening to yourself, and listening all, to all the all the thoughts and feelings that come up. You know, meditation and learning to accept those things. That's the first step. And this is this is what I start with with all my. It's basically what I do with my marketing clients as well. I mean, we we get together and we figure out um, their their culture and their values and what they want their business to look like to the outside. So th this is what we do with the dating clients, and it it really only takes um, I would say a couple of hours of meditation for for these guys to go from "Ooh, I want the want the date" to "Oh, look at this beautiful world and all the beautiful people in it." And once you make that even slight shift in mindset, uh, suddenly people want to hang around with you. People are much more interested in being being in your orbit, as in you become more attractive. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. So tell us why that works. Like what what's the reason that that shift works? And and I, I think I can see a copy lesson in this as well, but I'm, I'm really curious to know, you know, how a shift that simple can be so effective. Sure. So, so attraction, I mean, you, we, we can't be attracted to everyone. I'm not, I'm not even going to try to say that because that's just not true. But uh, some people we, we can attract, we, are, we feel attracted to and they feel attracted to us because, you know, we're different sort of people with different sort of values and different sort of um, energies, if you want to use that word. Um, I'll use it very carefully as well. But um, the, the whole problem with most people at least most people today is that they are completely disconnected from who they actually are 
because society wants us to be, um, wants us to conform to a perfect standard, wants us to be good enough, wants us to have, uh, you know, look, look attractive, look beautiful, wear the right types of clothes, do the right types of things, speak in a perfect way. You know, we, we, cre- we create these sort of standards for ourselves and, uh, living in a place like that, it, um, either consciously or sub- subconsciously, you push your real self deep down so nobody would see it. But the problem is that's where, that's the, where, where the interesting stuff really, really lies. And once, once you start, uh, once you start meditating, once you start accepting those parts of you, which are imperfect, which are, which are ugly, which are nasty, which, which don't conform to societal standards of being good, then suddenly, first of all, you, you become interesting. But also, the the really uh, what makes you really attractive after that is the fact that you accept yourself and you have this glow of accepting the world and having uh, the, the sort of love for yourself and acceptance for yourself. Uh, it uh, immediately becomes acceptance for other people as well, because you no longer, you don't judge yourself. So you have no reason to judge other people in those things either. And people can see that people can sense that from a mile away when, I mean, you, you've seen, you've seen people who, uh, who are smiling and glowing and radiating, even in a place like New York. I mean, people, people stand out if they're positive like that. No doubt about it. So, so let me see if I can draw a copywriting lesson from what you're saying, because um, it, it relates to some things that Sullivan shared on our podcast a few weeks ago. You know, when talking about being interesting as a as a person makes you a better copywriter. But um, it seems to me that like part of what you're saying here is to take a step back and think about the offer before you even are thinking about like who the customer is or who I'm trying to track is you're improving the offer. You're trying to figure out what it is that you have to offer the world or, or, you know, that be interesting thing. And a lot of copywriters start writing with, you know, Oh, we need, you know, we have a particular thing that we're doing. Maybe it's a course, maybe it's something that you're selling or, uh, you know, some, some kind of service that you're, you're working on. And we immediately accept that's what it is. There's no changes there. And we jump into who is the customer and how do we sell it? And maybe there's a step back that we should even be taking where we say the offer isn't good enough. You know, what we're offering here isn't going to sell to the audience that we want to sell to. And we need to take some time to figure that out before we put it out into the world. Does that, seem uh, like a good lesson to draw from from the relationship that you've talked about i think so and that's the way i run my my agency basically um i'm not sure if everyone agrees with that but uh it, it makes sense to me and it's a it's a natural place for me me to start out the marketing process and uh i'm, I'm gonna call it marketing process because what you're talking about is copywriting process but i think they're one and the same really uh or or at least on many levels, it's the same thing. Because so, so, so what you basically said is is like, is the product even worth writing about to this audience? And I think that's a, I think that's a great question. Because, well, so so my marketing process, uh, like I said, it starts from uh, figuring out the values, figuring out the culture, figuring out what what type of um, what type of message, what type of value the company wants to bring to the world, and what's a, how they want to communicate to their audience, and and um, what they want to, you know, how they want to help their audience. And if the product doesn't, um, 
communicate that, then it's, at least in my opinion, it's very, very difficult, if, if not impossible, to make a good copy, make good sales copy for that product. I mean, it, it's going to sound fake because it's not going to, it's not going to um, reflect the company's message. And while it may connect with the audience, um, they're going to feel some sort of disconnect. I wish I had some factual numbers to put on this, but this is just my gut reaction to the whole thing. And this is, this is how I like to do it. So, um, if, if, uh, instead the, the message the company wants to send is completely congruent with the product they're giving out, then I would say the, the copy almost writes itself. I mean, of course, then you can, then you can do, uh, interviews and you can do the whole copywriting, um, the work process, but, uh, it's much, much easier to write when, when there's a, what, what's, what's that thing? There, there, there's a good term for that, for that thing The uh, when there's a, uh, congruency it's going, going through the whole sales parallel? process. It's, I think, uh, um, the, the con. <laughs> I don't know. We know what you're, I think congruence pretty good. I, I can't top that. Maybe congruent is the right word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Cause <laughs> Yeah, so, so if there's a congruency from coming from the company's message to the product, um, then there's, it's, it's so much easier to write a copy to deliver that message to the customer. As different copywriters we've worked with in some of our programs, and when they're working on their website and they're updating their website copy, of course, we all get stuck and just freeze. Um, but it seems like it's tough when you're thinking about your your audience and your potential clients and you're trying to speak to them um, and capture their voice, but you just leave yourself out of it completely. Um, And at least that's what I'm taking away from what you're saying. It's like, maybe you do have to start with your own brand, your own viewpoints, your own values, and start with you with your own brand before you even start connecting to the audience. Because if you're not clear about who you are and what you stand for, then it's really hard to make that connection. And I think as copywriters, we're trained to focus on the prospect and conversion copy, which is correct. But when it comes to our own brand, it could be the opposite. Or at least for me, when I worked on my website, I didn't think about clients. I just thought about myself. I was really selfish with the process. And I was like, what do I want to say? What do I want to feel like? What do I want to share? And then it ended up attracting the right people um, but again, it's just different depending on if you're working on conversion copy versus um, your own brand and sharing your brand values. So I think that's where some of us get tripped up, at least where I've gotten tripped up in the past. Yeah, but, but Kira, I mean, you're one of the few people in the in the copywriting world whose who's, um, who's website I remember. The, the reason for that is you put your whole personality into it. And that's part of part of what I try to teach with my coaching is that the value, the value that people want to see is um, it's, it's hiding deep within you and you have to access that and you have to be vulnerable enough to show it on your, on your copywriting sales page. Of course, this, this works great when you're working on your own brand, because I, I think your own brand needs to show off how crazy you are and how, how perfect you are in your own little weird world because people are going to resonate with that more than more than the message more than the words you write on the page and once you kind of get into contact with that then the you know then the message just takes care of itself i mean 
the best copy, the best articles I've ever, ever written are, are the ones where you just sit down and let the creative process flow through you instead of trying to carefully pick each word to make it, make it convert one person more. Hey, we're just jumping into the show today to tell you a little bit more about the Copywriter Underground. Rob, what do you like best about this membership? So this membership community is full of copywriters that are investing in their businesses and taking what they do seriously. Everything is focused around three ideas, copywriting and getting better at the craft that we all do, marketing and getting in front of the right customers so that you can charge more and earn more, and also mindset so that you can get out of your head and focus on the things that will help you be successful at what we do. There's a private Facebook group for the members of the community, and we also send out a monthly newsletter that's full of advice, again, on those three areas, copywriting, marketing, and mindset, things that you can mark up and you know tear out, put them in your file, save them for whatever, and it's not going to get lost in your email inbox. Carol, what do you like about the Copywriter Underground? So I, I love the monthly hot seat calls where our members have a chance to sit in the hot seat and ask a big question or get ideas or talk through a challenge in their business because we all learn from those, those situations. And then I also feel like the templates we include in the membership are valuable because who wants to reinvent the wheel? And Rob and I end up sharing a lot of the templates and resources we use in our own businesses. So I would definitely want to grab those. So if you are interested in joining a community of copywriters that are investing in their business and in themselves and trying to do more, get more clients, earn more money consistently, go to thecopywriterunderground.com to learn more. Now back to the program. So do you have any questions or like a step-by-step process for someone who's listening, who knows they're struggling with this and they agree that this is important, but they aren't necessarily working with someone or coach. Maybe they're not able to hire a coach yet. What could they do on their own just to get some of these answers and figure out um, these core elements of who they are, whether they're trying to market their business or they're trying to step into the dating world, you know, again, it's so similar. Um, what are one, one or two questions they should ask uh, about their own life and business? I'm not so sure about questions because that's always, if I ask questions, that's me leading them to an answer. But the fact is people always know the answer. I mean, you know, you know what to write. That's, that's a fact. But to pull that answer from within you, and I sound so woo-woo saying these things, but I, I really don't mean it that way. It's Because uh, uh, your brain works in a certain way, so you know how to express things. You just have to trust that voice. But to pull pull this information out of yourself, um, well, I always recommend meditation because that's what you should do every day is to sit by yourself and listen to your things and, you know, process that crap going on in your brain and let that kind of smoothen out. But for writing, the most important tool is journaling. and by journaling, I mean, I mean, you can, you can do the morning pages thing, but uh, the thing I do is I just open up a Word document or a Google Docs document and I start writing, you know, nonstop. I, I start putting words onto the page. And if I get stuck, then I just keep repeating the same word. And, and the most important part of that is keep your, keep your fingers moving, keep your thoughts coming out. Cause that's, that's kind of a way to unclog the, you know, like the garden hose, like Kyle Cease calls it, calls it a, you, you turn on the garden hose and at first it's like sputtering and all the muddy water from, uh, that's been accumulating. It, it's, uh, 
it comes out. But then, then after a while, everything becomes clear and it's a, it's a smooth flow. So that's what happens with your writing and your thoughts as well. Once you get, once you get into that space where you're not constantly filtering, constantly editing yourself, then the real good stuff, good stuff starts coming out. And if it, once you get into that place, I mean, then, then you can just start writing your copy. Because again, you know all the answers. But I wanted to I wanted to add to that because this is this is very good advice if you're building your own brand. But if you're writing copy for someone else, I mean that's a slightly different animal because you're also meant to speak with the with the company's voice. So in that case, first of all, I, w- I would recommend only taking clients with uh, with whom you resonate on a kind of resonate on a personal level so so you understand the product and you you um you feel it's a good product on some level at least uh because only only then i feel it's it's worth writing about but even then the same the same um the same principles apply because then you put your own style into into whatever you want to say about their product and again uh, I mean, if you get stuck, you know how to do this. <laughs> and uh, that, that may sound like a cop out, by the way, when I when I tell when I say that you know how to do this. Um, so if if you're a completely new copywriter, uh, of course it's a good idea to get um, get the get the fundamentals down. Get maybe um, what are these like acronyms for for good sales copy? I mean, read a couple of those so you understand. Uh, what a good structure might be, and then once your brain starts starts to get accumulated to acclimated, what's that word? Once, uh, <laughs> once your brain starts to get acclimated with uh, how the sales process works, then then you can just uh, pour your creativity into that structure, into that template. So Jay, I'm curious if there are other lessons that you've learned, you know, in marketing or as you've been building your own coaching business that apply directly to copywriting and the way that we commu- communicate, you know, what's important or, um, you know, the, the offer that we have for our clients. Maybe that's a terrible question, but um, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what other things have you learned, you know, as you've built that business that might apply to uh, copy? I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing with you, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely laughing with me too. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm repeating myself, but I think the only, <laughs> the, the only thing, the, the biggest thing is, is to trust yourself. And um, yeah, this, is, this is reminding me of, because um, in, in, in the last few days, I've done, I've done a lot of meditating and, and kind of reflecting on, on my couple of, you know, basically the last last decade of mine, and and wondering wondering why why I keep flipping between marketing strategy and and uh, and the coaching, and it's it's always been a case of not trusting myself enough to just go with the flow, and and by the flow I mean there's there's been there's been times when. Uh, life has clearly handed me an opportunity to do something, but I, I've been too scared to take the opportunity or I've, been, I, I've thought that, okay, that opportunity is a bit silly. I'll do this thing, which is the proper thing to do, which is what people expect me to do. So I'm going to go that way. And then because, because I'm not that person, I'm the person who wants to do the opportunity. Then my, then something inside me keeps pulling me that way. And 
um, I, I, I was looking back and, and I realized I've been doing, I've been trying to do these proper things, but in the meantime, I was, I was helping a couple of friends with their marketing, help, uh, kind of doing these marketing strategy projects on the side without even realizing that that might be a good, um, good, good profession, good, good source of, uh, good source of income. So I, so I was, I'm not going to say wasting my time, but, uh, I was, needlessly distracted by trying to be something which I'm not. So I'm not really sure if that uh, even close to, come, uh, close to answering your question, but I think it's, it's all, um, you, know, you know what to do and you get, you get these senses of, of what you would like to do and you have to trust that feeling, even though it, it, sounds, it sounds crazy and it sounds scary and maybe no, maybe no one else is doing it, but if it feels right to you, you have to go that direction. Maybe even obvious, trusting yourself, but I think it's so important because so many copywriters uh, just are waiting for permission to do something. And um, and I've been there too. And we wrapped up our mastermind retreat last week, two weeks ago, and we had all these hot seat coaching sessions, right? So everyone's asking a question to the group and we're giving feedback and advice and what we noticed is that a lot of the people, the copywriters in the hot seat were asking for permission. They already knew exactly what to do and they wanted permission and some feedback from the group, which is totally normal. And it was great that we could do that for that person. Um, but I think it's starting to really resonate with me too, just that you're right. Like we can take the copywriting courses, get the basics, continue to learn we're not saying to stop, but some don't freeze because you don't trust yourself to move forward and to veer off and get like and take a framework and make it your own and do something a little bit different or crazy. Like that's where it gets interesting. And like you said, that's where you start to figure out, okay, this is this is how I can show up and this is what I can do. And that's what you're doing in your business now. So can you give us any examples, like really specific examples of um, some of these changes you've made, like you said, you were trying to do the right thing or you're trying to do what you were supposed to do, but it wasn't working. Um, can you just get more specific there with your examples? Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned per permission. That's a huge thing. Cause well, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the, all the times I've felt personally that, okay, I should be working. I should be working right now. I'm wasting my time. I'm not doing, I'm not doing what I should be doing. You know, I should be pitching. I should be doing this. And every time, every time you get that feeling that you should be doing something because, um, because it feels, otherwise you feel guilty or lazy or whatever word you want to put to it. That's usually something that, that's coming from an external source because, uh, to, to be more specific in, in the whole trust yourself thing, because again, that sounds like a huge cop out. Everyone says trust. It's like in the dating world. I mean, dad, how do you get a, how do you get a date? Well, just right. be yourself, son. Like, that doesn't help me. But, but the, yeah, being myself has not gotten me the date so far, yeah. right? So I need yeah. to do something else. It got you married, Rob. It got you married. That's, that's true. Yourself. Yeah, but, but the, the fact is become your best self. And that's, that's where we can start building on that. But uh, anyway, um, on the trust yourself thing, I mean, how can you trust yourself if you have no idea who you are? And that's that's where we start getting into the more kind of action steps things and it really is a matter of 
meditation. I, I would like meditation. So it's a good, it's a good thing. And I would say exercise and, you know, eating healthy, doing all these things. But the, the main thing, the, the main way you start to trust yourself and the main, main way you start to learn who you are is, is to, to listen to these urges. If, if you feel like, okay, today I should write six pages of this thing. Today I should pitch these clients. Today I should build a email automation, whatever. I mean, if it, if it feels like you should do it, then it's probably not the thing you want to be doing. Sometimes I feel like I want to, I want to watch six episodes of some series on Netflix. So then I do that. And even though there's a, there's a little voice in me that says you should feel guilty about this. First of all, I, I accept that voice and I love it because it's part of my past story that's um, trying to tell me that please, please don't succeed and go to the next level because by doing that, by being lazy and by being something my 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 parents, for example, would give me a whole lot of feedback about, it might lead to a new idea. It might lead to a brilliant piece of copy I might write in the next hour. It might lead to a new article. It might lead to uh, something. It might lead to, uh, even lead to a new client if, uh, let's say, you watch six hours of of what do the kids watch these days? Uh, and then the next day you're in a coffee shop and someone comes over and, and they, they just watch the same series and suddenly you have the same, same, um, same topic to talk about and maybe they become your new client and you never know where it's going to lead when, when you just listen to, uh, that, that deep intuition that, that, um, when, when that voice inside you says, Nope, today we're going to just sit around and, do nothing and not feel guilty about it. That, that's, that's one of the examples where you just have to trust that thing. How, however, however crazy it sounds. I mean, I've had more than once in, in the past couple of year, years, I, I felt like, okay, I got to take a break from Facebook because it makes me crazy. I always, I, I, I always post silly stuff and get into silly arguments with silly people. And it's like, it doesn't, it, it's no use to anyone. It doesn't, I, I, I would much rather be spreading good feelings to the world. And for the first time in, in years, uh, what was it like? I think four, four months ago, I, I decided, okay, I'll just stop using Facebook for a while. I mean, whatever that means. And then just following basically that same line of thought, I, I bought a ticket to, to Germany because it felt like a good idea. Then, uh, in, in Germany and in Munich, I got, my my rental car was upgraded to a to a wonderful beamer which was nice and then just following this the same line of thinking of of following that weird little voice inside you that kind of feels good um that led eventually to to uh negotiations negotiations with a certain luxury car manufacturer in in Munich about um some sort of co-creation opportunities i mean we haven't done it yet, but I mean, I'm, the, the guy is wonderful and I love the brand and there's no reason we can't work together, you know? So that deal might eventually be worth, you know, six figures, seven figures, I don't know. But if I would have stayed here and just hit my head against the wall trying to put content on Facebook, I don't think that would have led anywhere. Maybe I would have felt horrible and depressed and... You know, is is this practical enough? Should we go? Should we go deeper? 
Get, yeah, I mean, get off Facebook and you get a Beamer. I think it's a really practical lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> sure. So, so I mean, so, so um, well, flights don't cost that much. I mean, you, the, the reason I flew there is because I, I currently I live in a small country and we don't really have anything here. But if you, if you live in any size city, I mean, you can just go down to your local whatever shop which interests you and say hello because that's, that's what humans do. We like to connect and, and feel feel connected with people who are interested in the same things we are. And the, the reason I mentioned the BMW was because I, I had rented just a, just a basic car, you know, just to get around, just to get around Munich. And the guy at the, at the rental, you know, as they often do, he, he tried to, he tried to upsell me on, on the car. I'm like, no, 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 I'll, I'll just take the Volkswagen. I don't, don't really care. But then he's like, uh, okay, dude, uh, I'll just give you the BMW for the same price as the Volkswagen. I'm like, why would you do that? No. And, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, um, it could be, could be just a coincidence, but, uh, but I think there's, you must have seemed like a responsible person. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Cause there's, there's always this sort of, um, once you start following that little weird voice inside you, once you start doing that, then people, people start, reacting to you in different ways people realize that hang on this person this person's actually in charge they're like in control of their own life and they're 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 on a path of uh, of creating something and it seems really cool because people want to be that people want to also express themselves in their own unique way and people i think sense this on some level so it's not. It's not the first time I've heard that people start getting free stuff when they start following their <laughs> little weird voice inside. So Jay, let's let's uh, change the conversation just a little bit. You mentioned some of the discussions that you've had on Facebook, and uh, one of the things that I've noticed about you over the years is that some of your comments uh, might be uh, a little strong. Some people might think that they're controversial or. Uh, would disagree with you and yet you you just own them and and stand share what you believe and and stand up for those kinds of things have you found that that impacts your business at all and uh you know talk a little bit about just owning your the importance of owning your voice and your viewpoints uh, it's, it's some, something i'm acutely aware of i have a tendency to to say too much but also, I, I do stand by with what I say because I mean well. And especially in copywriting groups, there's what really kind of ticks me off is, is the guy or, or, or the girl who come, uh, who come to that group and they post something just to get, uh, for example, they're, they're complaining about not getting clients because blah, 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 because, and, and they want to get validation for, for, their you know lack of success because they don't want to do the work it's so easy to see through that it's like okay like have you done the work and they clearly haven't so then i call it out and and people i mean that, that's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable facing that fact of, of like okay i i didn't do this like i should have um i, I should have done all, all the work before coming in here and taking playing the victim card because well, that's that's something I've seen a few times, and that's something I uh, I've commented on. But uh, it's it's not to be an ass. It's because I believe there's someone's going to read that and go, "Yeah, I shouldn't complain. I should just, you know, sit down and try again." 
And uh, over the years, I've tried to become a bit more diplomatic and try to come come more from a place of love rather than uh, pick a fight. <laughs> but uh, I suppose there's a part of me that likes to argue and debate, and that's also something I always look for. Uh, is is a is not a fight, but a good good debate opponent, and I've made some good made some good friends that way. So I guess it works out. But I, I, I do feel that if it's not on Facebook, but um, let, let's say in real life, because Facebook gives all these things a weird sort of uh, weird filter and weird color and weird atmosphere. If it's in in real life and you feel like saying something, I do feel you must say it, because every time you say something. Um, that comes from the heart and and you're not trying to insult someone or, or bring someone down if it's just if it's just a thing you feel like saying then you must say it because that is a signal to your your body that that's the signal from from you to your body not to me not to make a dualist thing out of this but it's a signal to yourself that it's safe to be yourself and and it's a signal to yourself to that you can trust yourself, you can express yourself, and good things will come out of it. And I do be, do believe good things will come out of it because if the people around you are not going to let you be yourself, then those are not your people. And it, eventually you will find your people and hang out with those people more, and that's going to be beneficial to you. I, m maybe I should underline that all, all of this needs to come from a place of love and co-creation because <laughs> this this may sound like a license to just be an asshole and, and be horrible to everyone, but that's totally not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, we get it. I think it connects back to what you're saying before about trusting, trusting your gut and trusting yourself and making those choices in your business. And it, that, you know, feeds into your opinions and viewpoints too. trusting yourself that you feel a certain way for a certain reason and not holding back and, and sharing that. But yeah, I agree with you. Like it's got to come from a good place, not from, especially online, like just trying to stir up controversy for the sake of stirring it up. That, that drives me crazy. Um, but again, like that's not what you're saying at all. So I'm just curious what other, because you've worked with other copywriters and marketers, um, really intimately with your coaching, what other mistakes do you see copywriters making that hold them back today that you want to call out and share? No, th this is actually a trap I fell into many, many, many times is uh, trying to follow the expert. And I think following the expert is a, is a good idea because it, uh, it's fundamentally a good idea because you can, you can learn what they've done and, and kind of follow their thought process. But every time I've tried to follow the expert um, very literally and, and do everything exactly like they say. I mean, it sounds like a good idea, right? Just follow the expert. Just do do what they did and you'll get success, right? But more often than not, I mean, people don't succeed with these methods. I mean, what what is it? Uh, so online courses, for example, they're hugely successful these days. Everyone everyone is buying online courses all the time. But the... But the um, the the rate of finishing an online course i mean it's like 1% or or less i mean what's the reason for that i i think i think following the experts thought process is a good idea but you have to do it your own way 
And that's, that's my big lesson I've learned in the past few years. And I think that's, I think that's where many people get, get stuck is that they, they can't follow the expert's advice uh, to, to the, to the T, to the, you know, precisely, but, and I mean, because they're, they're not that expert, they're a completely different person. So they have to make it their own and they have to do, they have to process this, whatever method it is, or just forget the method in the first place and, and just accept that, okay, this method, you know, it doesn't really work for me. I'll try something else and, and then do it their own way. Cause people always talk about this, um, What's that shiny object syndrome? But I mean, I'm building a new business every week, and that's and it, it, I say that, but but it's always it, it's always rooted in the same place. It's always rooted in the in the in the teaching and coaching and and consulting. That's that's like my core skill set. So I, I have to try these new methods because they feel right in the moment. And even though that method may not may not by itself lead to something uh, a brilliant success i i might get one little tidbit one little uh, one little bit out of that method that's like okay hey this actually works for my thing and at the end of the day i have i've, I've tried all these different methods and i i'm starting to build my thing and my unique thing and that's my method that's going to bring me success and i think that's what copywriters should embrace more because people speak bad about the shiny object syndrome. But I, I think, I mean, just, just embrace the thing, which, uh, which brings you value personally, which, which feels like the right thing to do, which feels like the inspiring thing to do. But that comes with a, with a slight caveat. It means that you also have to trust yourself, uh, to, to not do it out of fear. So if you're, if you're avoiding doing the work, which, which is, um, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and getting, being embarrassed and, and getting, getting haters and getting, getting people who don't like your comments. You have to be able to do that because that's the way you build your own journey, essentially. So Jay, uh, I'm not sure if I read this right or not, but you used to be a taxi driver. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> what, what kind of life lessons or even marketing lessons did you learn from that experience? Um, that was, that was an interesting time in my life. I, I had my own demons to, to sort out. So I, I went to, it was, it was like, I, I escaped life to, to just drive, drive a, a dark luxury car in the middle of the night, which ironic, ironically, I mean, now I'm, now I'm approaching luxury brands and cars. So, so it's always, there's always a connection in that thing. And back then, it, it, it's customer service. I mean, you have to read the customer to know if they're dangerous or not. Uh, you have to kind of guide the conversation to keep them happy and give you a good tip, you know? So it's, there's all these skills which are kind of similar to marketing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is not anything glamorous like driving a taxi in New York City or anything. It's just Helsinki. I mean, in, in Helsinki, we have, we have uh, the newest Mercedes taxi, and and you're basically driving people to uh, to the airport and back. It's it's like <laughs> it's a, there's nothing hugely exciting about that, but it was a very interesting time in my life. I, I would say. Uh, I know I have so many questions about that. I know we have a couple of minutes left. So, 
Did you get anybody dangerous? I mean, I think you were doing it for a couple of years, right? Did you have anyone you had to kick out where you just read the situation immediately and knew it was not? Oh, safe? yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's always, I mean, people, <laughs> this, is, this is an especially good tip for copywriters when you're looking for, when you're pitching new clients anywhere, when you're talking with people and you get this, you get this feeling, this sort of, deep grumble in your stomach you're like this guy is not good company just get rid of them even though they look they look perfectly fine but there's something off something is really weird going on and occasionally this would happen and, and I, I started to kind of uh, most of the time I, I trusted that i'm like okay i'm just i'm just not taking that i'm I, I don't i can't deal with this right now so i didn't take that client sometimes i did and it was like uh, it always ended up in some weird argument and I always ended up kicking them out. And it's like, then it's a, it, it leads to this place where you're just, you're just feeling negative for a while. And it's like, it's never a good idea. And and this is, this is actually a really interesting point because you can, you can see these guys from a mile away. And if you just learn to trust that, if you feel like a client is bad, don't take it. Whatever money they offer you, don't take it because it's always going to bite you in the bum. And oh, 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 there is a, <laughs> a kind of um, an opposite example of that. So I took this one guy uh, from from a train station. Took this one guy who looks, you know, real scruffy, and I'm like, oh, you know, this normal northern Helsinki type. So. I, he looks completely harmless. I, I didn't get any of that dangerous vibe from him. Uh, so we started driving home, and he was he was drunk, as Finnish people usually are. And in the in the middle of that trip, he just he takes a knife out, a nut, a knife which is like not like a kitchen knife. This is a freaking meat cleaver. He takes it out, and he says, "Give me all your money." But because I knew. There is nothing dangerous about this guy. I'm like, oh, like, don't, what, are you, are you serious? Okay. I mean, I'm just going to leave you here. This is not cool, man. Cause I mean, that may sound a bit psychotic now, you know, <laughs> to, uh, looking back, but there was nothing dangerous about this guy. And that's, that's also kind of a lesson that keeps coming back. If, if, if on the surface they seem weird, or if on the surface something doesn't add up, but you get a good feeling, I'm going to say trust the good feeling because it's like we've been talking about. It usually leads to good things. Wait, but he had a knife, right? Sure. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you, if we're speaking more in a, in a practical way, I mean, I'm driving a car. I need to stay calm. He has a knife. He's drunk. He's clearly not. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So I, I have to. I have to show only, like, um, good feelings toward him, but but also not show any fear because that's what really gets him gets him riled up. So this is this is also my thought process. So I'm not, I'm not completely in, insane here, but but uh, there's there's also that uh, that sense that you get when someone is really really dangerous, like really. Like if if you're if you're on some some sort of drug trip, uh, then you're you're not think you're not thinking clearly, but you're also completely irrational. This person was not bad, so it's yeah, it's a good lesson just with clients not to show fear if they show you an, a knife of some sort. 
um, in the project. Don't show fear. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to show you a knife, but it, but it's also, I mean, uh, fear fear can, if we're talking about copywriting projects, they're, they're not going to show you a knife, I hope. Um, I mean, it depends on your industry, why not? But if, um, if, if you get that feeling of a lack in self-worth, for example, I mean, that is fear. And they're going to, they're going to see that. They're going to notice that immediately. So, Jay, if uh, we've come to the end of the hour, if people want to connect with you online or you know in person, where can they go to find you? Uh, in person, that might be a bit of a challenge. But uh, <laughs> I w- I w- if, you, if you want to message me directly, I mean, I'm Jay, J-A-Y, at ratracemaverick.com. Or you can just visit my website, ratracemaverick.com. And uh, I mean... I love I love talking with people, and if if anyone has a question about this whole confidence thing and feeling like they don't really know which direction they want to take their business or their life, I mean, I'm glad to, I'm happy to listen to that. I don't have all the answers, but I have some good good questions. All right, thank you so much, Jay. It was great to catch up with you and hear about how your business has changed and. I like that we have a theme for this podcast about trusting yourself. I think that's a great lesson and takeaway from this conversation. So thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much, guys. This is so much fun. Yeah, thanks, Jay. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.